0: I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now. 305-384-6894. 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone. Free every day daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Power is a game that swings back and forth like a pendulum. Work on your game. Work on your game. Work on your game. Work on game. Work on your game. Work on your game. Work on your game. Approaching the game aggressively. With that aggression, with that confidence to dominate the game. Dre Balls on Work on your game. My next live event called Work On Your Game Live will be taking place January 21st and 22nd, Miami, Florida. The two-day event will be covering leadership on day one, communication on day two. But let me tell you what's more important. And even the material I'm going to give you on those two days, because you already listened to my show. You've read my books. You already know about me. You know, I'm 100 percent substance all the time. No fluff, no garbage. But what's even more important than what you're going to get from me at that work on your game are the people that you're going to meet. I get people coming to me all the time asking, Dre, I need better quality prospects. I need to build a network. I need to make connections. I want to have better and higher quality relationships. How does that happen then? It does not happen through your phone. It doesn't happen through social media. It doesn't happen on Facebook. It doesn't go down in the DM. You need to meet people face to face, person to person, eye to eye, look people in their faces and shake hands where you are physically in the same space as them. That's where real relationships get built. And you ask anyone you know who is very successful or a person you know who makes a lot of money, whatever you consider to be a lot. I guarantee you they have a whole lot of in-person, real life relationships. Doesn't mean they don't use the phone or computer but those relationships get built and the real money gets made when face-to-face interactions and handshakes occur. If you want to be one of those people and you're ready to step up to that next level, you need to go to where the relationships and the connections are at. And the next place they're going to be at is in Miami, January 21st, 22nd, and work on your game live. Go to workonyourgame.live to get all details, register your seat, and I'll see you in Miami. That's workonyourgame.live. you get the community access, member only community where you can make those connections and build relationships with other people who are on the same journey as you and are like minded individuals that are just as serious as you are about working on your game. Third level is the third day mastermind. That is the only place that I offer one on one coaching that is for high level professionals and entrepreneurs who want the personalized direct attention straight from me, not part of a group of working with me one on one. All three levels, you can get access, you can get all details, and you can get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. That's workonyourgameuniversity.com. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there, boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you're expecting to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, we're not done. I'm also going to give you a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, mindsets, philosophies, approaches, strategies. This daily masterclass, we got a bunch of books as well. All of this goes under one umbrella that is called Work On Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is why people choose. And this is a choice why people choose to go along to get along. This episode could be seen as kind of a relative episode to what I talked about in episode 1973, where I told you that virtue signaling is actually a sign of fear signaling. When people are making a big show of telling you how you no know, good of a person they are by you know, highlighting how they have a certain idea or a certain belief, or they're going along with a certain concept. Today, I'm going to tell you about why people are going along to get along. In other words, kind of uh, swallowing their actual perspectives or their actual opinions to appear to go along with what maybe the the popular wave or the current wave is in a certain environment, uh, just so they don't, you know, maybe so they don't stir things up. But I'll get into that as we get into this episode. So before I go further, uh, tell everybody that I do send out a daily motivation text. If you want to receive it, just send me a text at 305-384-6894. I do engage with my texting community there, which is growing. So I'm spending a lot of time every day going through those text messages. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I've I buried myself into this. I'm not buried. That's not, a, that's not the right terminology, but I have signed myself up for this. So if you want to text with me, you can text me again at number 305-384-6894. You'll get my daily motivation every day and you can actually text me. I will respond at that number. So this topic, why people go along and get along. There's been a lot of this happening in the world, especially over the last couple of years that we see a lot of people kind of acquiescing to the crowd and what it, the crowds change in different environments. The crowds are different and the crowds can even change their mind depending on what the crowd is talking about. And we see a lot of people these days you know, going along and following protocol, not necessarily because they agree. We don't always know. And you can never dig into another person's mind and know exactly what they believe. You can only go off of their actions and their words, what they say they actually believe. But I feel like, and this is what I'm going to dive into here today is the argument that I'm going to make that many times people go along to get along, not, necess- not because they agree with what's being said, but to keep the heat and the pressure off of themselves that could accompany not going along with whatever the crowd, again, crowds change and crowds are the relative to the environment that you're in, if they don't go along with what the crowd happens to agree with. So we're going to get into why this happens, how it happens, and what, if anything, you could possibly do about it. If there's something that you want to do about it, if you happen to be a person who is, if you happen to be caught in this going along along to get along wave and you don't really want to be, maybe you're feeling kind of annoyed with yourself because you're doing it. Maybe because you see that people are going along to get along. You already agree with me. You don't even know what I'm going to say. And you're just wondering maybe what you can do to possibly be an influence on the people who are going along and maybe kind of help them see the light. You're trying to, You're trying to save them from the cult of going along to get along and you want to know if I have any advice that could help you help them, the answer is yes, I do. And if you're one of those people who is in that wave and you want to get out of it, is something I can do for you? Yes, there is. And if you're one of those people who is going along to get along, and maybe you don't want to stop going along to get along because there are certain political considerations that you have to keep in mind. Listen, I see you, I respect you, I understand it. We're gonna touch on that here today. And one more group, if you happen to be part of the crowd, you happen to be part of the crowd that is enticing and influencing people, maybe intimidating people even, into going along to get along. I know about you as well. So we're going to talk about all of that here today. So you get in where you fit in. Listen for where I'm talking about you. Point number one, topic once again, is why people go along to get along. Number one is the hustle. This is a hustle. Now, I explained to you the very concept of the race hustler in episode 1824. I told you the who, what, why. And what to do about race hustlers, if anything? Again, that was back in episode eighteen twenty-four, and I was explaining the concept of how there are people out there, and this is specifically to the Black community. When I was talking about the race hustler, I mean, there's no race hustler for any other race. I think the only so when I say race hustler, you know, I'm talking about Black people, because no other race has race hustlers. These are people whose their stated objective is to help Black people. They want to end know anything that is causing Black people to be held back because of their race. But it seems like everything that they do, even though that's what their stated objective is, it appears when we look at their actions and we measure the results of their actions, which is something that can be objectively looked at, that the outcomes of the things that they do, all it does is exacerbate anything that happens to be about race. And I believe the hustle is this is what I this is my um, my outcome of what I think the race hustle is trying to do. They want to keep people emotionalized and paying attention to anything that involves race for black people because. Doing so keeps the race hustler employed to sell books, do speaking gigs, consultations, and just know, be relevant in, quote unquote, the culture. Because if all the race troubles that the race hustler points out actually went away, then the race hustler would have to go and actually get a real job. And they probably don't want to do that. So this is a business opportunity for them. So when I talk about the hustle, you want to understand the hustle from a different angle. Go listen to episode 1824. But what I'm talking about in today's context is If agreeing or appearing to agree with the current wave, the current crowd that you're involved in, if agreeing will help you maybe make 25 times the money that you're making right now, or maybe it'll help you avoid losing 25% of your money. Listen, I'm not knocking you. I'm not against you. I'm not going to wag a finger at you because shit, I might do it too. I mean, business is business. A dollar is a dollar. Sometimes in life, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes in life, you might have to go along with something that you don't really like just to keep your job. There are people who are listening to this episode right now who maybe you didn't want to get a COVID jab, but you went and got one because the place that you work, your employer said, hey, if you don't get the jab, you going not get fired or you're not going to get hours or you won't be on the schedule anymore and you wouldn't be able to get that check and therefore you couldn't take care of your family and you know, do your duty as an adult or maybe just take care of yourself. So you did what you needed to do. I ain't mad at you for that. Sometimes in life, you have to go along to get along. So when I talk about in this episode here today, going along to get along, I'm not saying this as a, a necessarily a negative thing. Sometimes in life, we all have to do this. When I was playing sports, for example, there were times where the coach would tell us, hey, we got practice at six o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning, or you had to wake up at like 5.30 to be at practice at six o'clock. Now, this is way before I came into my my adult practice now waking up at, you know, before 4 a.m. every day. This is before this is when that was not cool to me. All right. Back in college, I wasn't doing this. So at that time, when the coach, when I saw the practice schedule was at six o'clock, like six, we got to be playing basketball at six o'clock in the morning. That did not feel good. It was not comfortable for me. So but I wanted to be on a basketball team and I wanted to play in the games that would be at six o'clock at night. So I had to go along to get along in college. There were classes that I had to take, for example, calculus. I, had, I took calculus. I signed up for calculus four times. I did not complete the class four times but I signed up four times. I didn't want to take calculus at all. I wanted to take it zero times. But in order to get a degree from the Pennsylvania State University in the business major, you had to pass the calculus class. So I took the class and I eventually made it through that class with a D for disappointing in order to get my degree. I had to go along to get along. And I've had many jobs in my life. I've probably had more jobs than most of the people who listen to this show. When I say jobs, I'm talking about actual, like you are an employee and you're getting paid a salary. I've had a lot of jobs in my life, probably 20 to 30 jobs. And at almost every single one of them, there were things that I had to do in order to maintain my status as a salaried employee or an hourly employee that I didn't really want to do. But I did them anyway, simply because that was the job. Remember, I worked at a restaurant called Friendly's, and I used to have to catch the bus. I called the bus, the L bus, not the L train, not the elevated train, but the bus, like the actual letter L. And I had to catch that bus from Plymouth Meeting Mall back to my neighborhood in Mount Airy. It was like an hour-long ride from Plymouth Meeting to Mount Airy, where I was from. And the last bus, I knew exactly what time it left. Any of you who catches the bus or the train every day at work or at school, you know exactly what time those buses and trains come, right? So I knew what time the bus was. It was 11.54 at night was the last bus that left the mall to get back home. Now, mind you, it was an hour-long ride. So I could not afford to miss this bus. It's not like I could walk. And, but, however... If you were on the closing shift at Friendly's, the restaurant that was at the mall, you know what closing means. Any of yous ever worked in a food service place? If you're on shift from, let's say, let's say five to close or twelve to close, you know what that means. There's not a specific time when you leave. You leave when the manager says, "All right, the closing work is done. Now you can leave." So it was not a specific time, but that bus schedule said 11:54, so I had to be out of here by 11:54. And if everybody else was dragging their feet and we weren't done or my part of the work wasn't done or the manager was taking too long to check my work and didn't give me the okay to leave. Now I'm in a catch 22. And it came to a point where, well, many times I had to go along and get along and just do what I had to do and make sure I got my work done quicker because there was no alternative to me not catching that bus and or alternative to me catching a bus. But one particular night, there was this new guy managing. His name was Bill. I remember this fat, short, white guy. And Bill was taking too long with the closing process. He was taking too long because he was new to it. So he was moving way slow compared to everybody else. And he didn't give the OK for everybody to leave because he was like, well, Dre, you can't. No, don't try to rush me. I got to do this and this and this. And i might, like, Bill, I got to catch this damn bus. And he wasn't really trying to hear that. He was really focused on himself. And listen, he had the leverage in that situation. So I had two choices. I could either go along and get along and just listen to the boss. and He was the boss. He was in charge. He had the authority and missed my bus or I could just slip out the back door, leave and catch my bus and get home. Now, what do you think I did? No, don't be so quick to to guess. I told the story before. Maybe you've heard it, but the answer is I slipped out the back door and caught that bus because I had to get the hell home and end up getting fired from friendlies because of that. But hey, sometimes in life, you got to do what you got to do. And the other side, they got to do what they got to do. This is all what I call part of the hustle. The hustle is you're just doing the job based on what the job is in order to stay where you're at or knowing that you're taking a risk that you might not be there anymore if you don't follow the protocol, whatever it is. So again, I'm not judging anybody who goes along to get along. And all of us actually on some level, every single day, we make these little micro decisions to go along to get along. And we all, again, on some level, we, may, we do little things that we don't may, maybe necessarily want to do just so we can maintain order. I mean, even in your own home, you might do things that you don't really want to do. You might let your, your spouse or your kids you Notes know, use the bathroom when you don't want to get out of the bathroom yet. You're still trying to you know, get your makeup done or you're trying to do whatever you're doing in the bathroom. Somebody needs to use the bathroom, you get out even though you don't really want to, or you let them have some extra time even though you want to get in there, or all kinds of things that we do every day. We don't even think of it as this. So you could take this on a higher level, you could take this on a smaller level, but we all do this every single day. So the point is, going back to what I said earlier, if going along to get along might 25X my revenue or it might save me from losing 25% of my revenue, I might go along and get along too. So no judgment. Maybe you say, well, in certain situations, maybe you would too, but in many situations, you would not. And I 100% understand that. It depends on the circumstance, right? Some people allow certain things to, some people let certain things go and they don't object, not because they agree, but because they need to appease or maybe just they don't want to rock the boat and whatever that situation is. Some of us do this consciously, We all do it on certain levels, unconsciously every single day. But gradually, the reason why I'm talking about this is that it's becoming more and more conscious for us. And it's on and we're making bigger compromises in this. So I'm not just talking about little small things like you might move to the side when you're walking down a sidewalk to let a woman with a stroller get by. Whereas, you know, you might have said, like, damn, bitch, you can't even say excuse me. But something like that, that might be a little thing. But something bigger, like maybe putting some foreign substance in your body and you don't even know what it is just because your job says you're get fired if you don't do it, that's a much bigger compromise than you know, something like moving aside so somebody can get by on the sidewalk. So that's what I mean when I say it's becoming more conscious and we're kind of making these go along and get along compromises on bigger subjects. And again, I'm just using the, the jab as an example because all of you know exactly what I'm talking about and it's become a hot button topic. As you know, I've talked about it here on the show. Let's move on to point number two topic, once again, is why people go along to get along. Point number two, another reason why people go along to get along is because oftentimes it's easier to do that, and it causes a lot less friction. Actually, it completely avoids friction if you just go along to get along. I mean, why would you? I, let me back up. Most people who, even those of you who listen to this show, I think it's a higher percentage of you who listen to this show who are but let's just say the, the larger percentage of the, just the wider world, we just take a, a random sampling of people. Most people are not like me. I'm the type of person who I understand where I, where I stand, where I exist on the disagreeability chart, on a disagreeability scale. I talked about that in episode 1698. I understand that I have a higher level of disagreeability than most people, combined with the fact that I have a, a platform and a microphone and I have the skill of articulating my disagreeability. Most people don't have that combination. It's not at least not in those high of a doses. I think a larger percentage of you who listen to this, do because you're listening to me, because if you didn't have this, then I wouldn't be your cup of tea. But I find that most people and I think you will probably agree. If you don't, you can let me know that it's much easier and it causes less friction to go along and get along. And why would the average person, why would they do anything that's going to go against the grain? In other words, the opposite of going along to get along and then deal with the inevitable backlash and the inevitable challenges that come with going against the status quo. When you could easily is much easier, much smoother to just follow the crowd, blend in with everybody else and essentially be left alone because of it. I mean, why cause anything extra when you don't have to? Why stir things up when you don't have to stir anything up? Why shake the pot when you can just leave the pot as it is and just nobody bothers you? Nobody notices you and you just come and go and know everything just stays calm. Why? Why bother the situation? Again, there are many people who look at it and they would think exactly what I just articulated. Why bother the situation? Why disturb the situation when you don't need to? But those of you who have a little bit of disagreeability or maybe a lot of disagreeableness within you, you're like, well, how can I not? How can I not say anything? How can I not shake the pot? How can I not cause some, some consternation in this situation? Now, those of you who are agreeing with that, Uh, those are the people who think a little bit more like me. As I said in an episode where I talked about a long time ago, why you need to have a podcast. I told you that the reason why... Let me see if I can find that episode. It's episode 997, why you need to start a podcast. I told you one of the reasons why you start a podcast or start a blog or write a book or start putting your thoughts out there into the world, whatever you're going to do, especially in this thought, leadership, intellectual property space, one of the main reasons why you do this is because you can't not do it. The reason why I talk about the stuff I talk about here on this show is not necessarily because I'm trying to keep my streak alive or putting out an episode every day or so I can brag about how many episodes I put out and the download numbers and all of that. Oh, that's kind of part of it. I can't really not lie. But one of the main reasons why I talk about what I talk about here on this show is because I can't not talk about it because on my mind, I'm seeing it and I'm like, hey, people need to understand this. And I've appointed myself as someone who's capable of talking about it. I can't not talk about it. Now, I couldn't not turn this mic on and do this. I cannot, I can't not turn the camera on or turn the Google Docs on and say the things that I say. That's the reason why I put this show out. It is not only for you as the listeners, also for me as the person with these ideas. I have to put these things out into the world. So me, I have that level where there's no way that I could look at things and say, well, let me just leave it alone. Let me just not say anything. I'm just not that type of person. But there are people out there who are that tight. And again, I don't judge them. And everyone is unique. We need uniqueness in this world. We don't want I don't want everybody to be like me because then there'd be no need for the show because you would already have everything that I'm saying here. You would already be thinking it. You might be saying it before I said it. So I don't want everyone to think the way that I do. So I'm making it clear that there are people who look at this completely opposite. And that's all right. We, we, we need those people around because that gives us people who think like me. That gives us some some value because there's not so many of us. So. <laughs> This is all part of it. The scarcity makes the value go up. So it takes energy in life to call out what you see as bullshit, bullshit being relative, especially when you see everyone around you, maybe not noticing it, or maybe they're just noticing it, but pretending to not notice it, or they're noticing it, but they're just not saying anything because it protects their interests to not say anything. While as for you, it may protect your interests to say something. I know people personally who have Positions where you know, whatever they do professionally, it would not help their professional career to say the stuff that I say here on this microphone. However, when I speak to them, I know that they agree with a lot of the stuff that I say on this microphone. But at the same time, I don't judge them for not coming out and saying the same things that I say, because why should they? All right? Their position is not conducive to saying the stuff that I say. It's not going to help them advance in their careers at all. Me saying this stuff will help me advance in what I do because of the way that I position myself, whereas for other people, This is just not a good idea for them. Whereas at the same time, we flipping around. It wouldn't make sense for me to not say anything like they don't say as much at their jobs because I don't have the same job as they have. So it makes sense for different people based on their situation, also based on your internal makeup. So it takes energy to do this, to decide that you're going to call something out and you're going to throw rocks at a situation that many people have accepted. Again, some of them actually believe it and many of them do not. Especially when you see everybody everyone else around is being quiet about the situation. Speaking up and speaking out or however you consider whatever you consider that to be is a tough job. And the person who goes first, they had to take all the arrows in their back, so to speak. And this is not for everybody. I'll give you an example that illustrates this point really well. It's this photographer that I follow on Instagram, this guy named Paul Nicklin. He's a photographer for he's done a lot of work for National Geographic, really good photographer. And he takes a lot of his photos. He focuses on the Arctic, So he takes pictures of like seals and penguins and whales and uh, polar bears and stuff like that. And he has these photos that he posted. He's posted this type of photo many times. And I guess people love these photos because he's posted them often. And it'll show a whole bunch of penguins. And any of you know anything about penguins? I don't know a lot. But one thing I do know is that penguins live in these big colonies where it's like thousands of penguins all together. And they live in these Arctic climates because they're on ice and then they go into the, the sea water and they eat whatever it is they eat. And then they bring it back to their young and then they kind of regurgitate it and they feed it to their their kid, the kid penguins, whatever you call baby penguins. I forget the name. But anyway, he'll have these pictures. And it was this really great picture he had once where the perspective of the viewer is you're kind of like right at the surface of the water. So above the water, you see like this big glacier or ice flow, whatever they call it. You see all these penguins, like hundreds of penguins standing at the edge of the ice and they're all looking down into the water. They didn't jump yet, but they're all looking. And then right beneath the surface of the water, you see this big leopard seal. So seals, in case you didn't know, seals eat penguins. So the penguins are standing at the edge, looking into the water and you see the seal sitting there. And then the seal is right there in the water and he's looking up at the penguins. <laughs> so it's like a waiting game that they're playing. The penguins need to dive in the water so that they can go and get their food because they need to eat and they need to feed their young who will starve to death without it. And the seal needs to eat these penguins because the seal will starve to death if he doesn't eat a penguin. So they're just waiting each other out. What eventually happens is, and I've seen some videos on YouTube, the seal will go off and like act like it went away and like hide and then wait till the penguins start diving in and then it goes and chases them down. And the thing is, when the penguins dive in, all right, they know, they understand. Then when they dive into that water, they are risking their lives because the seal is going to catch at least one of them, kill and eat it. Right? The penguin usually and from what I understand is that once they get into the open waters that the penguins has no fat, and no kind of roly poly that penguins look. They actually are very, very fast swimmers and they can get away from the seal once they get into open waters. But in that water there, when they jump off the ice, they are susceptible to being caught by the seals, which is why the seal hangs around. there. All right. This that seal is incentivized to hang around that area. Because that's where the seal has the advantage. The penguins understand that when they dive into that water, at least one of them is going to get caught and get killed. They all understand that when they dive into that water. But this is the game that they have to play in order to you know, get the food. They know they're putting their lives at risk when they do this. But if they don't, then they're putting the lives of their young at risk. So it's kind of like, again, the cat's 22. This is the game that you have to play. And if you go look at these photos, they're really captivating photos. And you look at some videos, you can see the same thing. The seal is going to get a meal. Because hundreds of penguins diving in there, even a a bad, a poor hunter of a seal is going to eat something because it's too many penguins for them to miss, all of them. And most of the penguins are going to get away, but none of them knows which one. And that's the game that you're playing. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, again, is why people go along to get along. Number three, fighting is an investment. When you decide to go against the grain, you're making an investment. And we know our five forms of investment are time, money, attention, energy, and focus episode 609. Some people do not want to make such an investment as fighting against the grain and would rather do something easier, such as pretending to agree with a concept when they don't agree, or maybe not agreeing with it. Don't pretend to agree, but just staying neutral on a situation. Staying quiet when they want to speak up. Aligning yourselves with something that you know may get you... Staying quiet when you want to speak up, when on the other side, if you do speak up, you would be aligning yourself with something that might get you ostracized, might get you attacked might get you fired, might get you canceled, whatever the version of cancel is in your environments. While doing this, remember something. Whether you're going with the grain or you're going against the grain, keep something in mind. That power is a game that swings back and forth like a pendulum, meaning nothing stays the same, although it may feel like it will. It might feel like right now, whatever situations you're looking at where you see people going along to get along, where maybe you are going along to get along, you may feel like this situation is just going to stay as it is forever. I will wa- give you a word of warning that it will not. I don't care what situation you're talking about or thinking about, it's not going to stay the same. Everything changes. One thing in life that we can guarantee is change. Both going with the grain and going against the grain come with risk. In episode number 822, I told you about changing your story and changing your results. I told you in episode 744 how to remain fluid and changeable. In life, because everything's gonna change. In episode 463, I told you to change with the times, but at the same time, still be yourself. There are risks that come with anything that you do. Even if you think you're doing the quote unquote safe thing, being safe today could be the risky thing tomorrow. Neither is a foolproof strategy, which is why I suggest it's better for you to be dangerous if you gotta make a choice and take a risk. Better to be dangerous and play life on offense than to be safe and play life on defense. When you play offense, you can base your actions and beliefs on what you believe to be true, whatever truth is for you. And truth is uh, I used to think that there was a clear, objective truth that we could all agree on. But I think that's pretty much over. I think that I think we can all agree that that boat has left the dock. Can We agree. I told you in episode 2009 that truth is objective, but I'm right here. I'm right here contradicting my own statement. My own episode of my own show that I just put out 10 days ago, that I don't think we can agree on truth anymore. I think that, yeah, I think that that game's pretty much over. Fuck that. So, anyway, when you play life on offense, you can base your actions and belief on truth, your truth, I guess we got to use now, and be willing and able to defend whatever comes against you. Again, there's a risk involved in anything. So, if you're going to take a risk, you might, as well, you might as well risk playing life on offense than, play, than be the risky one playing life on defense. You'd rather be the, the seal hunting the penguin or the penguin getting hunted by the seal. Your choice. But hey, that's what I'm saying. Let's recap today's class, which is why people go along to get along. Since we see a lot of this happening these days, let's talk about why it happens, how it happens, and maybe what you can do about it. Number one, number one reason why people do this is the hustle. Sometimes agreeing or appearing to agree might help you make more money or save you from losing money. And I ain't mad at you if that's the game that you're playing, as long as you know what you're doing. All right, business is business. A dollar is a dollar. A job is a job. Maybe you wouldn't, but other people would. And more people are doing this on a conscious level, which is why we're talking about it today. Number two, it is easier to go along and get along and go with the grain and to cause less friction. It's much easier to just do that. Why deal with backlash and challenges that come with going against the status quo when you could easily just follow the crowd, blend in, and be left alone? It is a good question that some people don't have an answer to, which is why they just go with the grain and you no, know, they don't bother anybody. It ain't for everybody to be one who's the know, the rabble rouser who is trying to disturb the calm and the peace in a situation, just like the penguins, knowing when they jump into that water that they are risking their lives that that seal might get them. Number three, fighting is an investment. Some people don't want to make that investment would rather do something that's easier, like pretending to agree when they really don't staying quiet when maybe they could speak up, align themselves with something that might get them ostracized, attacked or canceled. Just remember that power is a game that swings like a pendulum. There is no position that is completely safe forever. Whatever's safe today could be dangerous tomorrow. Whatever's dangerous today could be safe tomorrow. No plan is foolproof, which is why it's better. I would suggest that you just play life on offense than to try to be safe all the time because when you're trying to be safe all the time, you always have to adjust yourself to fit whatever the winning situation is. How about just play life on offense so you don't have to worry about what's winning, and you can always be the winning person no matter how things change around you. Just my two cents. You don't have to take it, but don't say nobody ever told you. Send me a text if you want to get my daily motivation, or you can give me some feedback on this episode. My number is 305-384-6894. Coaching programs are open now at workonyourgameuniversity.com. We got different levels. There's levels citizenship. We got levels for everybody. We got group. We got individual. We got all my courses. Everything else is in there. Work on your Work on your game. Dre all day. I want you to send a text to this number, 305-384-6894. That is my direct text number. When you text me there, you'll be part of my texting community. And that means you're going to be receiving my daily motivation text, which I send out every single day to keep you sharp, focused, and mentally on point for the day in front of you. Send me a text to this number, 305-384-6894. One more time. 305-384-6894. Get Daily Motivation.